They're afraid to go for that interview because of the fear of rejection, or they're afraid to take that next step because that means they're going to have to leave their comfort zone. All of these things encompass fear. Fear is controlling you somehow, some way. I told you I would be back. Look at me. Hey, I'm talking here. Hello, folks. Steve Rizzo here, and welcome to Hey, I'm Talking Here. This is a show about empowerment. This is a show that will take you not only to a better place personally, but professionally. And in my view, that is the ultimate success. This show, by the way, is brought to you by Conversations with Bob, which, as most of you know, is the book that I wrote. And it's been out for a couple of months now. And um, you can get this book. Um, just go to yourinnerbob.com. It's my pleasure to introduce to you my uh, producer, my director, the tech guy, the guy that I couldn't do this without, Bruce. Bruce. Hello. Bruce. How you doing, my friend? Hello. But uh, Bruce, I, I absolutely love what you do, and I, I've been, we've been doing the show on how long now, and uh, it is getting really good reviews, and I know a lot of people are on board. And folks, when you're listening, wherever you are, please share. Share with friends, share with everyone, tell your friends and family about it because um, it's an entertaining show and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, but I'm not a full-time YouTuber. A lot, of, a lot of people I work with are not full-time YouTubers and either. What we do is we, um, we run our business and use YouTube as a marketing tool as opposed to being a YouTuber where you make all your money making YouTube videos like you you're not making all your money doing YouTube videos. Well, that's for sure. I'd be pretty poor if I was. It, but we are getting there. We are we are working on this. And I, I know we'll get to the place where we want to be. Every, everything I've done in my life, it, you know, sometimes things are done the hard way. And we're going to talk about that because it, the, the title of this particular show is What is Your Greatest Fear? And I've had a few of them. Uh, and for a great part of my life, I didn't even know I had the fears, but they were controlling my life. We'll talk about yep. that too. But I had to introduce to you uh, one of my co-hosts, and um, I knew from the moment I saw her that she was going to be a part of some of the things that I'm doing with my life and with my career. And it is my pleasure to introduce to you the one and only Debbie Bettos. Hello. <laughs> oh, so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Steve. And thank you, Bruce, for the introduction. I am so pumped to be part of this show. I think we got a really good show. I think we have a good topic. And as a matter of fact, my, I, I remember when I told you this, uh, the title of this week's episode is going to be, What is Your Greatest Fear? And, um, you know, I, I alluded to this earlier. Um, some of us have fears and we're not aware that fear is controlling our lives. Some people don't even know they can't acknowledge. They know something's not right with their life, but yet they 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 know their life isn't working. And I would wager a lot of money that if your life isn't working, it's because of the fear factor somehow, some way, is intermingling. Not only just intermingling, but controlling the very essence of who you are. Uh, um, uh, the person that knows they can do something as far as a career goes, but they're afraid to go to college get the degree because they don't think they would be able to handle it. They don't think they're smart enough or they're afraid to go for that interview because of the fear of rejection or uh, they're afraid to take that next step because 
That means they're going to have to leave their comfort zone. All of these things encompass fear. Fear is controlling you somehow, some way. And once you can come to that realization, um, and you could have the courage, (laughs) the courage to do that, we all have it. And once you become aware and you can acknowledge that fear is controlling you somehow, some way, you can take the necessary steps to help yourself. You know, I've never really thought of it that way, Steve, that there are times where people don't understand what's holding them back because they haven't recognized that it is the fear. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, don't say it's fear. What else is it? But I think the root of all is that fear, right? It is that like, what if I fail? What if this? What if that? And when you use the what if, that equals the fear is where that what if is stemming from. But that's good. I like it. You had asked me last week when we were having a pretty heavy conversation, you said to me, what is your greatest fear? And without even thinking, I said, my greatest fear is leaving this planet before I had the opportunity to get my message out to the masses. And that fear doesn't consume me 24-7, but there are moments, the older you get, and I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm just saying the, the more you go up that scale, every now and then it, it, it does hit me. And it hits me with, with a shudder because I said this many times, and you guys know this, I, I make, we all made them, but I'm very aware of the mistakes that I've made. And I, 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 I own that. I, I, I'm responsible for it. And as a matter of fact, I, the biggest challenges I ever had became my, my greatest blessings because I learned from them. But I learned later on in life. I always learned stuff the hard way. And that's why I feel I'm in a position. That's empowerment, by the way. When you can learn from your mistakes, even major screw-ups, and just say, this is on me. I did this. It wasn't this person. It wasn't that person. It wasn't God. It wasn't life. The fear stops, starts dissipating then, and you become empowered. Now you're at a point where you go, holy crap, what do I got to do now to turn this around? Who can I go to that can help me? What needs to be done? Then you go on this quest that I have gone through so many times, which is in the latest, the latest quest I went on was the writing of this book that took me seven years, seven years of, of, of a lot of pain and a lot of, and a lot of joy and the more the book went on, the more joy came because I started confronting my fears step by step. And I think we all have the power to do that. And once you do it, uh, you, be, you you start seeing your life transform. And you know how you know your life is transforming and, and fear is no longer the determining factor in your life? When people look at you and say, you, you look different, you're acting different, something's different, you know, what is it? And they can't put their finger on it. But they pick up on that energy, that confidence, that courage. Yep. Mm-hmm. That comes with the fear of the unknown. So if you're saying, okay, you're going to go into that interview and you're going to get that job. And I guarantee you're going to get that job. Your whole personality and confidence changes. As opposed to you're going into that, into that interview and I have no idea what's going to happen. Or even worse, that negative talk, I'm going to, inter- I'm going to blow this interview. Yeah. And well. Yeah. And and that's that's some people call it negative self-talk. As you folks know, I call it self-curse talk because you're casting a spell on your life. That's all fear. Yeah. That's all fear. That all these people that set out to achieve a goal and their sight, they invested money in it. 
they know they can do it. And all of a sudden they hit this wall, which we all hit when you're trying to achieve something. And some people say, okay, this is a wall. What do I have to do to go around this or go over it or go through it? I'm going to do this. I know there's something within me that can meet this challenge head on. And then there are those that go, I can't believe this. Yeah. Every time I try to achieve something, it never works. I always go two steps up and five steps back. Why does everybody else have what I want? That's self-curse talk. You're casting a spell on your life. That comes from fear. Yeah, 100%. Well, what I want to say first, what you said earlier about you have taken accountability for the mess ups, the screw ups, whatever you say in your life. That's huge because the only way we're going to grow is to not play the blame game. It's to really say, and even if someone did you wrong, okay, and you're like, yeah, but they did do that. Oh, okay. Someone else did do something to you. But however you behave after that fact is on you. What are you going to do from here on out? And the fact, Steve, that you admit that you've made mistakes, but you took accountability for it. That is the only reason why you're here today and you've become successful with writing books and public speaking and all of the rest. It's because you took action to know and learn from your mistakes, be accountable and not blame anybody else and move forward. So kudos to you. That, that's amazing. And yes, Bruce, you're right. If we tell ourselves before we go into an interview or anything else, I'm going to blow it. Well, you better guarantee you probably are. Yeah. You just walked right into what you said. We got to we got to talk ourselves up. So to answer your question, Steve, for me, um, I have thought about this show and like, I'm like, I'm not afraid of nothing. Now, Tisa, um, fear I, it's really difficult for me to admit this, but the whole reason I didn't or I wasn't going to start my own business in 2015, now I know it was fear. Fear was holding me back from starting it, but I listened to other people, especially one lady, and it's a whole story, and I'm not going to get into it, not on this show, but someone said something to me at the right time when I needed it. And it kicked my ass. And I was like, hmm, why am I not doing this? Because if I fear it and I don't try, that is failure. Yes. If I do it and it doesn't work out, I tried. So that to me isn't failure. And when it was put to me in that way, it really resonated. It's what I needed to hear in the moment at that time and within a week. I went and moved forward to start my own business. And it's been a wonderful experience. And I I got to say, though, when you pay attention to who you are and the decisions that you're making in life, a lot of our decisions that we make are based out of fear. If we really made the decisions we yearn for and we are passionate about, our life would be a lot different than the decisions we make playing it safe. Oh. So well said. Yeah. So well said. And, but, and again, that's the scary thing. A lot of our decisions are based on fear. Mm -hmm. but, but the real uh, seriousness of that statement is that we're not aware that it's fear that's doing it. We have ways of covering it up. Yeah. 
and say, I, I feel safer at home. Uh, I don't, I don't want to take that extra step. I don't want to spend more time on this. I'd rather play it safe and do this. And that means you're listening to what I call, as it says in the book, the big mouth inside your head. Now, some people call the big mouth the ego. Some people call it the devil, which may be a little melodramatic, but if you listen to it, there will be hell to pay. The big mouth inside your head uh, is so, so loud. So I told you this was going to happen. You should have played it safe. Every time you try to do something, it never works. You know, why don't you just play it safe and do this and do that? But then there's that silent voice, that, that authentic part of you, that God part of you or the Bob part of you, that's a silent voice. Mm -hmm. But that voice, if you can tap into it and let it reveal itself, is a billion times more powerful than the big mouth inside. You know, what? when I used to teach 42 years ago, I had bird computer. I love that. I love teaching. Yeah which is one of the things I missed when I left teaching and wanted to stand up comedy. But I felt the fear in so many of the students. Oh. I mean, I could just see it. And I what grade, what grade did you teach? Seventh and eighth grade. Oh, that's a formidable. Yeah. That's oh, it. Man. I mean, that, that's when they're, that's when you become aware of how inadequate you think you are. Yes. That's when the reality, it's no longer, you know, it's, it's, it's not, life isn't a game anymore when you're that, when you're 13, 14 years old, because you're entering into maturity and you're very aware of what everybody says to you. You're very aware of how everybody looks at you and you're very aware about, I've seen students wanting to raise their hand to say something, when, but then, you know, and, and you try and push that out of them, of course. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's an amazing thing to witness. I see it with an adult still. And I see it too. I see it when, and with my own children, that age group, like between seventh and eighth grade are when they kind of stop dancing in public too. Yeah. Because um, I would always, you know, I would go to the dances and chaperone. And yeah. so you go from these kids like, yay, bouncing off the walls, dancing in fifth and sixth grade. And then you have this seventh, eighth grade dance and they're like wallflowers. Yes. Oh my gosh. It just. Well, I think because at that point you're dancing with the opposite sex. Yeah. yeah. And they're taking notice of one another and they're more aware of themselves and they don't want to look silly and all of those things. And it's just, yeah. that's a fragile age to start learning who you are. And there you go. There's fear there. I mean, that's yeah. what it really starts, right? Yeah. No, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I don't understand why schools don't have this as a um, a subject in, in school. It should start in, in kindergarten. The power of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts create your beliefs, and your beliefs write the story of your life and explain to them, you can do this on every level. Could you imagine if you started out trying to empower children that they really are in control of their destiny. It's not what happens to you. It's what you think about what happens. It's not what everybody else says. It's what you think about yourself. Would that not in time, if you start that process off in kindergarten, yeah. then in first grade, you go to an advanced level. Then in second, by the time you're in that crucial age, 
where it's intense sensitivity, 13, 14, 15 years old, that could cease the bullying aspect tremendously. Wow. At least diminish it, right? Not so. Because, because in your mind, you're going, you know, excuse me. Yeah. Your opinion of me is none of my business. Your opinion of me means to me. So, everyone, thank you again. You've been wonderful. And please, if you haven't purchased the book, check it out on Amazon yourinnerbob.com. Just look at the reviews. Just look at the reviews the book is getting. And I guarantee you this, and I don't make promises to people often, but I, if you really read this book from cover to cover, you will realize how much power you have over every aspect of your life. I could say that because I didn't write it. Bob did. Okay? And if you want to know who Bob is, some of you know, you're going to have to read the book. Love you all. Thank you. Debbie, Bruce, say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.